0: poke the bear episode 76 the alexander koklachev episode Ooh, this is a big one this is one that people are you, never one, going to forget
1: let me tell you evan one of these days it's gonna break out he's gonna score 30 goals it's, in the nhl
0: it's gonna happen no it's it, book it it's you gonna never. happen that's our that's our big uh we were gonna do new year's resolutions at the end of this episode maybe we'll start off with a new year's resolution alexander koklachev 40 goals next season though next yes. season not this season but next, but I'm Evan Maranovsky. That is Con- that is Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up?
1: Evan, doing well. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Uh, better face is getting better. Nose doesn't hurt as much for those who listen to Bruins beat as well. Little ski accident. Should have seen the other guy. Uh, more like other the well, mountain. The mountain There's a dent in the mountain. The mountain room, mountains in shambles. <laughs> mountains and shambles. It's unusable. Uh, big divot. Everyone's you know skiing through it and getting their ski caught in it, but. At any rate, uh, there's real Bruins things to talk about, which is very fun. New Year's, uh, this is actually coming out on New Year's Eve. So New Year's Eve will be when you will be listening. Most people will probably be listening in 2022 as well, a new year. Um, so we're going to have uh, resolutions at the end of this episode, some breakout performers in the second half. But first, there is some real news. And we'll start, we'll we'll get the COVID stuff out of the way. NHL changes yeah. protocols. Uh, now it goes from a 10-day quarantine down to five, and that is for players and hockey ops staffs. So that could be coaches, trainers, whomever. Um, sucks for you, who was in for 10 days. <laughs> 10 days, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, changes to five. Uh, what changes do you see, uh, coming from this? It well, makes it easier, I would assume.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think for the Bruins, it's, well, not just for the Bruins. I think for the rest of the NHL, it's probably, I think for the players, a relief in terms of the fact you can get out there a lot, a lot sooner. I mean, let's say the Bruins didn't have, this kind of COVID-impacted pause that they had and they had to trudge ahead with. I mean, if we had to watch more games like the one we saw against the Islanders where they didn't have, you know, Marchand, Bergeron, a couple of those guys, I mean, goddamn, it would have been brutal. So, like, the fact that you avoid kind of walking into those schedule losses, um, even if, I mean, it seems like inevitable, right, that, you know, you're going to have more positive tests, I'm sure, pop up, especially over the next month or so or, or during this winter. But the fact that now, instead of it being like, Alright, this guy's out of commission for 10, you know, 10 days. We're looking at them missing 3, 4, like 5 games. You look at just the way the Bruins schedule is. 5 is at least a lot more manageable if they're able to test out of it. So, if you're the Bruins, it, it's probably a relief. And all things considered, like you look at a few of these other teams right now coming out of the holiday break that are now getting slammed, like um, I think Dallas is getting really knocked around. Pittsburgh's lost uh, quite a couple of guys over the last couple. I've of lost days. track at this point. Yeah, yeah, like, that's it's, one of the things. It's like wild, it's just yeah. so much. Yeah, game. it's one of the things too. It's such a news newsdom that, like, you like in the back of your mind, you still think that like Calgary's like you know completely messed <laughs> up, and they're like the healthiest team now, which like seems like all those teams that first got hit are now kind of rounding the corner. So if you're the Bruins, you could very well go into this game on Saturday with. Pretty much everyone, you know, in the fold. The only guy who hasn't been activated yet is Charlie Coyle. And with these new protocols, you're looking at a case where if he tests out, which by the time this podcast drops, he very well could be like on on the ice on Friday at Warrior. But with these new protocols in place... Uh, he could be activated because it's been five days and he could test out of it. So if you're the Bruins and, you know, plenty of other teams in the NHL, I'm sure you have to be happy with the fact that it seems like they're, you know, changing their protocols and, and making it more of, you know, it's, you know, Taylor Hall kind of mentioned it, that at this point, you know, it's, tier. It's more about trying to just adjust on the fly and learn to kind of roll with the punches as opposed to, you know, completely stopping things and getting back to maybe where we were a year ago. Like at this point, uh, I mean, you've got 56 games to squeeze in over a full month span. Like you got to get some of these games in starting now. So if you're able to, you know, whether it be like kind of like the NBA doing it with them, if you're able to augment your kind of testing protocols and kind of get the show on the road and able to kind of, again, roll with the punches, it's not going to be perfect. Like we could be a week from now recording a new pod and it could be another one or two guys in COVID protocols that you have to deal with. But it's at least a lot more manageable when you've got a five-day quarantine could have a guy back out there as opposed to 10 days where you're just waiting and, you know, so many cogs in your team could be out of commission.
0: And the good thing is Coyle is asymptomatic. So that's been what we have heard, um, with him, which is, which is good. And the good thing is for the Bruins, they're past, they might be past the worst of it, you know? Like they've, they've, the big guys have had COVID at this point, um, and have been out recently. So now it's like, oh, should be healthy going forward here. It's the other teams, as you mentioned, that weren't initially hit, like with the Flames and the Bruins and the Islanders that are now going to potentially uh, feel the effects of it. Hopefully they don't. But yes, it does feel as if that uh, could be the trend. Um, so that is the deal with uh, the COVID things. In other news, Brad Marchand sounds off, came out of nowhere, by the way. I mean, he was, he'd voiced some opposition, he'd voiced, you know, some, some uh, opposition to what, uh, what the NHL did with the Olympics via the media. But then he's like, you know what? I'm just going to go score a shirt on him. I'm yes. just going to tweet this, which was from the notes app. Yes, and, uh, I, I
1: do have, I do have the transcript if you'd like me to read it. Ooh, read it. Yes, for okay. sure.
0: I have it as well, so I'll, I'll follow okay.
1: along. <clears throat> uh, from Brad Marchand on Twitter. The NHL and NHLPA can change the rules of the CBA to add a taxi squad so that they don't miss any games and don't lose any money. Dot, dot, dot. Which has already dot, been dot, agreed dot. upon that the players will pay back in escrow until the owners are made whole from what they have lost during this pandemic, regardless of how many games are missed. Yet they can't do a taxi squad during the Olympics so they can honor the agreement they made so the NHL players can go. Please tell me that's not bullshit. And for all of you who want to pipe back about forfeiting pay while being gone, yeah, not a problem. (laughs) Let the players make their choice.
0: And you know what Jeremy Jacobs' response to this was?
1: He probably doesn't even know who who Brad Marchand
0: is. is Who is Brad Marchand? Yeah. I I I have a Brad Marchand on my team.
1: He's an employer. Yeah. (laughs) exactly
0: <laughs> mr burns up in the up yeah. in the top uh doing yeah. his thing but i i love i wonder where he wrote that like was he sitting in his locker room stall just like you know like don't don't bother me D- I, don't bother me i, I i'm trying I to imagine for thing. a lot
1: of these like notes like posts from for athletes there's a lot of like having multiple people read it over and getting like the you know it's like when you're oh, crafting you a good tweet and you gotta <laughs> like you gotta make sure like this is- it's good. to tweet. It's like you know. It's like the the cheesecake factory tweet. Like that had to get through a couple of different eyes before firing that out into the Twitter sphere. Like, you need to. Have oh, a we have editors. We have it. editors. Yeah, I
0: mean, this is not. We're not. This just is not a of, one you know, man okay, operation. Yeah, be. Let's let's be clear. No. no, no, it's it's mainly two for you. Is Sarah? Yeah, exactly. You're at proofreading. Yeah, she's um, she's the
1: brains behind the operation.
0: She, yeah, she's the real Connor Ryan. Everyone thinks I'm Connor Ryan, but she's actually the real Connor Ryan. But uh yes, and what Marshan echoed was a sentiment that I think many yes. around the NHL feel is what is the deal with this? Why why is this a big deal? Um in in terms of that. And I think what would it kind of uh this is two straight Olympics now where we're gonna have to watch, you know, overseas players play against each other. Um, you know, last twenty eighteen it was like Brian Gianta. Ryan Mac, Donato was Mac, actually Mac on that roster too. Matt Gilroy was on that roster too. Um, So I'm very curious to see, A, who is on each roster. Now that the World Juniors were canceled, will some of these college kids like Owen Power and Jake Sanderson, will they be in the World Juniors? That would be very, very cool. Um, And then the other thing is the World Cup of Hockey. Is that something that should be brought back? And to me, I think doing that once every two years – no brainer. I mean, you know, do it during the summer or do it, you know, uh, in 2017 it was done or 16 it was done late summer, right. early fall. Yeah. I believe
1: it was pretty much like if you were participating, and it, it was almost like your lead into camp. I think is yeah. pretty much what it was. So,
0: which is which is also fine. Like guys are getting, you know, they had all off season to train for it. So, um, having that in Canada or in, in the US or whatever, to me, I think, is the, the the main takeaway out of this. I'm curious what yours is.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think for Marshan, you know, who's been very vocal about it, like, I think, as you said, I think the sentiment he shared is a sentiment that's felt by a lot of guys. It's just that Marshan is willing to be vocal about it and actually state it, like, out, yes. out for the world to consume, which I think probably a lot of players appreciate because, again, we can talk about, like, I think for a lot of the Discord, whether it be, like, just tweeting out quotes or something, a lot of the replies are just like, well, you know, you're getting paid millions to do anything the NHL anyway. Just deal with it. And, like, you've got that. You've got the fact that, I mean, you were looking at, like, the quarantine restrictions there and those risks. And, like, I understand the sentiment. Like, the NHL is leading it with the fact, like, well, these games are postponed. we got to make them up. But, like, you look at, like, the, the quarantine restrictions in China. Like, there was a lot of second-guessing there, um, even though, I mean – even Patrice Bertrand, who's been to the Olympics twice, said that, you know, if it was up to him, he still would have gone. Like, for a lot of these players, it means so much to play in the Olympics. And for a guy like Marchand, who, we've talked about it before, has, you know, kind of staked his claim as arguably the best left wing, one of the best players in the NHL for half a decade now, right? Like, and the fact that he hasn't been able to represent Canada on the Olympic stage, uh, and it's something that he has mentioned you know, years ago, how much he would take pride in doing that. Like, of course, it's it's brutal for these guys. It's brutal for him. Um, you feel for, you know, a guy like Stamkos, who hasn't been able to, you know, get that chance before. I don't think he played. He was on, like, a reserve, I think, in 2014, but didn't get to play. Uh Victor Hedman, which, like, shocked me. I felt like he was, like, just, like, an easy shoe-in on some of those teams for Sweden. He's never had a chance. So, yeah, you hope that they do something to accommodate some of these players, whether that be, like, a world cup, which is what Taylor Hall mentioned as something that they should do. Or, you know, Bruce Cassidy kind of mentioned during our last media availability, like what if the NHL just, you know, switch gears and participate in like the the summer Olympics? Like that's what basketball does. Like basketball is technically a winter sport, but yes. NBA is not going to grind their season to a halt uh and, and let these guys go over there. Like, so why not have it be like kind of the world cup where it's, July, August, again, these guys maybe sacrifice their summers a little bit, but hell, these guys were also willing to sacrifice friggin' four to five weeks in a hotel in China <laughs> just for the chance to <laughs> play in it, right? Like, I feel like that's a very minor concession if it allows you to play in the Olympics. So, um, I mean, that seemed like a, a, a pretty good compromise for both, both parties here for the NHL. I mean, you don't lose out money and the players get to play on the Olympic stage, which I think means so much to them. So, um, whatever the case may be, hopefully they're able to get something sorted out. And for a lot of these players, because again, I think as much as the NHL doesn't make money off of it, it's so good for the game to have your top stars over on that stage with that exposure. And these, I mean, look how much like the NBA benefited internationally from, uh, you know, pro players being over there. And I know hockey is already kind of, you know, ingrained in markets outside of, you know, North America and Europe, especially, but just to have, you know, Connor McDavid up against Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane and uh, all these other guys on that stage with those, uh, exposure that the Olympics bring, it'd be only a good thing for the league, for the players who get to play in it. So you hope that whether it's the summer Olympics or maybe world cup of hockey, they're able to do something. Cause especially for these guys like, um, you know, McDavid's and the the Matthews and the Posnacks, you have to imagine they'll get their chance in some capacity down the road, but um, for these guys like Marchand, uh, you hope they're able to do something in the, the near future because it'd be a shame if guys who have worked their way up to establish themselves as one of the best players in the league, uh, get that opportunity to represent their country because if not, it's, it's just a shame all around.
0: You know, you mentioned hockey being big in markets outside of here. I mean, did you see Vladimir Putin scored, uh, seven goals and, Shocking. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. He scored 17 goals and an 18-7 to win uh, min-
1: for min- Russia. Mint steps on the ice, and it's like rookie mode and be a pro when you're in, like, <laughs> yes. OHL. And the coach is like, well, you could have done a lot better. It's like, dude, I scored nine goals and had 14 freaking assists. Like, what What do you want me to do? Well, you missed yeah. that back check there, so.
0: <laughs> the best are you, you simulate a few games, and it's like you're down in the minors. You go from, like, the first line to the minors in NHL. It's that,
1: like when you're in, like, training camp. You go through, like, the first four games, and it's like, well – you're trending upward. You scored 20 goals in four preseason games and then you like sim three games and it's like you punch the owner in the face. You like were, you, uh, were like a minus 10. Like you're, you're back down. You're back in the AHL back to Providence you, for you.
0: You're gone. You're yes. gone. But no, I, I, I like the idea of going to the Summer Olympics. I completely kind of space that. But to me, I think that makes the most sense. Like that you don't have to grind your season to a halt. Like that ultimately makes the most sense. Um, I'm just curious if they actually do it because yeah. it's not just like the NHL's decision to do it. It's the entire Olympics decision to do it. Uh, but I think you easily could do it. Just don't do it in Boston because uh, the, the ice will be pretty bad. Uh, the yes. ice will be pretty bad in Boston. The other thing was with the World Cup of Hockey. Remember that Team North America? That was like the craziest thing. Yes. Uh, Matthews, McDavid. I forget who what, was McKinnon on that team too.
1: I think so. I mean, Michael, I, right? Like they, Michael. They were yeah, shouts. No, that was, was a fun team. Yeah. I mean, even the World Cup, like, it's not the Olympics, but still was fun to watch. Like And And in
0: soccer, the World Cup is the biggest thing.
1: Yes, exactly. So you have to do something because even if, like, you know, without COVID, like, you know, March and more or less said, like, the NHL was still not happy about, you know, setting aside, like, three weeks of their schedule, losing money, doing all those things for it. So it seems like both parties are still going to be button heads with this for years to come, even if COVID doesn't become an issue. Like at some point it's just like you need to completely kind of change the landscape and whether that's world cup or summer, you got to do something at a different, you know, time timeframe. that doesn't coincide with the NHL schedule because NHL's maybe they, they, they'll budge when it comes to especially like a CBA extension, but it's still going to be like a, a far from easy process just to get it all scheduled.
0: Yeah. We know it's a little bit of an easier process and, and honestly, just a way better bet than the Winter Olympics happening. What's that? Our good friends over at Bet Online.
1: Absolutely, Evan. Listen up, guys. Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the College Bowl season and the Pro Football playoffs and the Bruins finally, after about 15 weeks off, return to play. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all your sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. That's C-L-N-S-50. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite, favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So go take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online with a game stats. Stats.
0: Are the game stats? Speaking of games starting, uh, I just saw Marina Mahar tweet uh, a picture. Vaughn Custom Sports posted a picture on Facebook of uh, Tukarask pads and blocker and glove. Wait, he's coming set. back
1: holy shit. Isn't that
0: wild? And, yeah. and it says set, like set period. And it's so funny. I love the, uh, the unveiling of Tukaras coming back as if he hasn't been practicing with the Bruins for a month now. Like I just – I find I that feel. Uh, I
1: feel like when like the news finally – like when like the Bruins tweet like we have signed Duguay Rask to a like one-year extension – like a one-year contract for rated like the reaction shouldn't be like, yeah, it should be like, <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. He's been on the ice for a month and a half now. <laughs> and like we've said since like September, like, yeah, he'll probably have him back.
0: Like, it's yeah, not like, like, really
1: much of a surprise. Like, it's it's inevitable at this point. Like, it's not like all of a sudden we're going to get to January 15th and, like, the Avalanche sign him. Which would be hilarious <laughs> if, like, this entire time <laughs> awesome. he just pulls, like, an Uno reverse card and just signs somewhere else. <laughs> it goes to Edmonton. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's fair to assume he's going to be back with the Bruins.
0: Yes, and that's the funny part. It's, like, it's not like it's David Krejci walking through the door. The only day when it was, like, legitimately – um like a big deal! to, Oh my God, Rask is coming back. It was is when he did. He yeah, pr- it was his first up. day. Like that's the day when it's like, oh shoot! Like that's when it's like, oh my God! When they announce, as you said, when they announce him, just well, yeah, I, we knew that. That's about right. Coming. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, we've been preparing for this moment for like two months now. You know, yes. like not surprising. Um, but uh, Cassidy did mention the plan for Tuka Rask, and that plan seems to be he will start off in Providence. See, Connor's not even good enough to be an NHL goalie. He's in Providence. This guy stinks. Um, hopefully when he's out of Providence, we can get another milk crate incident. That's what I'm hoping for.
1: It's like just good throwback Thursday. Like it's almost like, like, you know, when those wrestlers go bet and do like a small, like circuit to like a, a smaller league or what have you, they stop at like the random gymnasiums for parents. Like that's what he should do. Like a full like barnstorming, like just shows up. They play like Stone Cold Steve Austin's music as he throws the milk crates on, on the ice. Like that's, that's what should happen
0: slams his stick on the post yeah has exactly to has to happen um but I, I to me i mean again i this isn't a surprise you know and yeah. i think the and and getting him eased into action i think is a good thing like i think going down to providence for a bit good thing um and i just i mean i'm just curious to see how he uh plays with uh in net with it's... olmark and having swayman down in providence so it's just gonna be you know no, I mean, again, there's nothing new here to say. We, we've uh, been talking about him coming it, back for months
1: now. It, it's mostly just hilarious that, like, he's still not technically signed, but, like, they're literally talking, like, they have mapped out this entire plan of, like, yeah, like, the legitimate dates of, like, the 8th through the 12th when were on the road, like, he'll probably be in Providence, like, getting some reps. Like, he's not even technically signed yet. Like, it's... <laughs> It, it, you fall down the rabbit hole, but like the fact that like they're just like going at with this guy who's technically like a free agent is just hilarious. They've mapped out like this entire itinerary for this dude already. But yeah, uh whether it be him down in Providence, when you look at like just the the uh the time frame for him, none of it's really a surprise. The only way that like kind of this narrative changes is let's say the Bruins start play on Saturday, and over the next two weeks, like Olmark and Stern are both completely like. Lockdown, you know, great performances out there, which I still doesn't think impact like the Bruins bringing back Rask, but maybe that changes like how they deal with that rotation. Like is it just like a cut and dry, like Raskin swimming down at Providence? Is it like, do you roll with a three man rotation? Like it's one of those things where that's the only like remaining factor is how they kind of just juggle that, that goalie rotation going forward. But in terms of Rask return and how probable it is, like, He's coming back. Like he's coming. Like it's not going to be a surprise. Do not be surprised I'll, when that when that. I'll tweet
0: say it. I'll say. I'll say it's a safer bet than Bet Online. Right. I will say it. <sighs> Hands up. Yeah. That that that's my that's my take on it. Um, I also loved. I think it was Ryan Lambert who tweeted, "How on earth are the Bruins getting away with this? Too yeah, it, it's stuff? it's hilarious. Like <laughs> it, the
1: fact that like they're just mapping out like legitimate dates now is great. But again, like. The, the Bruins said they they're still having contract talks with him, but which is hilarious. It's, it's it's yeah, it's so cut and dry now. Like it's it's don't be surprised, guys.
0: Yeah, no, it's um, who was it? Was it um, was it the McAvoy extension? When, I think it was Cam Neely oh, came can, out yeah. and basically said that they re-signed him. And then I think Sweeney walked back and we were like, oh, shut up. Like you,
1: Yeah, okay. And, yeah, and then it's, like four really days much later, signed. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: It's Good hard job, to guys. keep these things in, especially yeah. when you're Duke Rask and you're practicing with the team. Yeah. So, um, fun stuff over there. Again, there's not much new to say. We've Again, we've been talking about this Rask stuff, not just since the start of the season, but since the end of last season. Yes. Like, we've done so much on Rask. I can't think of like new things until he gets out there in a game. I can't sit here and be like, oh, you know, he's going to play with Swayman, play with old Marcus. Maybe he'll be in Providence. Maybe he'll do three. We've done it a million times. Um. All right. Now we get into the fun debate section of poke the bear. And with the second half on the horizon and the new year on the horizon, we thought, well, it's time to take a look ahead, right? Take a look ahead uh, and we'll start with who is going to break out in the second half on the Bruins. There's a lot of candidates for this. Uh, but why don't you go first, Connor? Who is going to break out in the second half?
1: Yeah, I don't think mine's going to be particularly surprising. Mine's more of a, uh, it's almost in the same realm as Tukarask in terms of the, yeah, no shit category. But I think it <laughs> has to be, uh, Pasternak, right? Like, I mean, you look at just, um, his level of production. Again, maybe it's like, a – a statement on, you know, his reputation in league circles or just the expectation that Bruins fans have for a guy that his numbers are considered underwhelming when he's still got, what, 21 points in 26 games. But when it comes to Wang Pasternak's ability and, you know, how effective he is, it usually stops and starts with his ability to find the back of the net and eight goals through 26 games, 25 goal pace over 82 games. Not really going to cut it. And again, it's not particularly fair that you know, you need a guy like Pasa to score 45 plus goals just to like carry the scoring bur- burden for this team, but such as the hand the Bruins have been dealt in terms of just the way that guys aren't finishing. So I think when you look at Pasternak, yes, you know, there's some level of concern that he's still missing a few of these kind of gimme chances that you, you know, you would imagine in years past, he just easily either taps in or fires home. But I think, you know, Bruce Cassidy mentioned it. The only way you are get really concerned about Pasta game is if he's, you know, drifting in the ozone, or he's not getting shots on net. I mean, I think he's shooting more than he ever has in his career. It's just the fact that his shooting percentage is way below his average. Like I, I understand for goal scorers and things like shooting percentage, like there's a lot of variance that comes with it, and there'll be plenty of years where it dips below your average. But to go from, you know, a 13%, almost 14% career shooter, to seven this year, including, I think it's like 3.3 at five on five play. That's like a ridiculous outlier. One that you imagine is going to rebound in due time. If keeps on getting those chances, keeps on firing on the net sooner or later, those are going to go his way. Uh, and again, some of it's also, uh, you know, for him getting a little bit closer to the net, I think he's averaging like 35 feet in terms of his shots. So getting a little bit closer, uh, on the power play, Cassidy mentioned that, you know, earlier this year we talked about Patrice Bergeron not scoring a goal and what has to happen, and, you know, Detroit just decided not to cover him in the bumper for that <laughs> entire game. So who knows, maybe you get a situation where you play a team like, you know, Buffalo or Ottawa where, you know, they they cover up Bergeron in the bumper and finally Pasternak's given that chance to get a few of those pucks through from his usual spot at the elbow and gets started and gets on a roll. Like It feels like all Pasternak needs is to, you know – a two-goal game or something just to get going. Um, he's too good of a player. He's getting those chances that it feels more or less inevitable that, you know, I don't think he's going to be scoring 25 goals in 10 games or something out of the break, but he's still a guy that you should expect at least 35, maybe 40 goals. And, you know, they desperately need that production from him. So I'm not hitting the panic button over, you know, his maybe lack of scoring so far this year, but it sure seems inevitable that it's going to at least tick back to the mean and get back to a guy that, you can pencil in for a much steady production going forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, all markets correct. So uh, it feels like that's a good example of that. Bring some stock market knowledge into David Pasternak. Makes a little bit of sense. Uh, My breakout candidate for the second half is a little bit off the board. It's Brandon Carlo. I think Brandon Carlo is due for a much better half. I don't mean this in terms of points and goals. I mean this in terms of straight defense, right? There have been a lot of times in the first half where – and, and, and Cassidy's mentioned it. He's, he's, you can see him uh, agitated at it, where Carlo's just not been as good defensively as he should be. No stats to back this up, except for the fact that there's just been a lot of times we've seen him get beat, miss coverages, issues in his own zone. I think it's safe to assume that Brandon Carlo will uh, fix himself and it'll correct uh, in the second half. He will be much better defensively. And I think a, a holiday break like this can certainly help for that. Uh, he signed a huge extension over the offseason, they have high hopes for him. He's an assistant captain, uh, rotate kind of guy. At some point, you have to think he's going to start uh, defending well, and we've seen it for years now. It's all right; had a few down months, but I do uh, project him to uh, come back in the second half. Obviously, another candidate, Taylor Hall. Right, that's a big another big one up there with Pasternak and guys that we expect to see a lot more out of. I think we. Ex- I think it's there's a better chance that Pasternak goes on the tear you think he goes on than I think Taylor Hall goes on the tear that. People hope he goes on. Uh, but I do think that again, the, the chances have to start coming for Hall at some point. Pucks got to start going in the net. Points got to start being, uh, posted. So that's another, uh, candidate. Are there any other candidates you have for, for bounce, for breakout second half? I feel like there's a lot. I feel like there's a lot more than just, there's three. a lot.
1: Yeah. And it's one of the things like maybe not breakout, but just in terms of just like standard production. Like, I mean, like <laughs> I, the obvious one is like Flino, right? I mean, this is the guy who, you know, he, when when they announced the signing for him he's definitely one of those ones where it's you know you factor in some of the intangibles of leadership uh how he is in the room and all that stuff's great but also like you need some level of production like you didn't sign him you know at his age hoping that he was going to be the 20 goal 50 point guy he was on the past but still he want like at least like a 30 point guy in that spot in the middle six so uh for him you hope that he's able to get more of a shot mentality uh, get more chances down low and starts producing because you need, like, something, right? Like, you just need some level of production. It's one thing, like, for a few of these guys where, um, for the Bruins and the lack of production, where it's, you know, it's not like if over a full 82-game span, like, a guy like Howla and Felino have, you know, 25, 30 points, maybe you want a little bit more. But at least they're kind of producing, they're, they're plugging in some of those gaps, you need more than zero goals through almost 20 games for Felino, right? Like, you need more than one goal for Hollow over 26 games. Like, you need at least a, an uptick in terms of that production just to get the rest of this lineup kind of going along.
0: Yeah, and that's and that segues us perfectly into New Year's resolutions. I'll start because it makes the most sense of what we just talked about. My New Year's resolution for the Bruins, more scoring from John Sweeney's signings over the offseason right they do not look so good right now Halla, no sec felino um he even put mike riley in that category because he was technically a free agent Derek forbert although he's had no issue scoring goals which as is wild. We all expected yeah
1: <laughs> it's just nuts to totally think normal. like out of
0: that group uh forbert's the i believe the leading goal scorer out of the names i just mentioned yes holla doesn't have more yeah yes. that's nuts
1: that's not <laughs> that's great wild it's not good
0: <laughs> that's a tweet right there by the way mm. um that's that. See, now this is like how we put tweets through editors, right? Throw ideas off each other. Um, but yes, it's unacceptable how the signings have done. And I'd mentioned at the you know, all through the offseason that this team's success will be predicated on how do the depth guys do scoring goals and putting points up. And what do you know? They haven't been scoring or putting points up. And what do you know? This team is no man's land right now in the NHL. So um, to me, the New Year's resolution has to be felino has got to start scoring. Hollis got to start producing uh, even NoSek, uh, Mike Riley's got to be a little bit better back there. So these free agent signings have to look better or else another bum off season from Don Sweeney, which you do the math, okay. right? We were saying this after the Islanders series this past spring, like I don't even know if we're going to get to the island. I don't know if we're going to get to the a second round or even a first round at this rate. So uh, new Year's resolution for the Bruins, free agent signing is going to start scoring.
1: Yeah. And I think for mine, uh, kind of going off of that, I think just maybe as a team wide mentality, it's just getting closer to that great AIs and getting more high danger chances in terms of your, uh in terms of wages to get more of that offense out of this group, because look at them, you know, you look at this team, goaltending has improved as years gone on and it should only get better with the Rask in the equation. Defense, you know, it's been a bit of a mixed bag in terms of the, the chances they've given up, but all things considered, they're, I think, seventh in the league in goals against their first and expected goals, which seems wild. Cause like, even the eye test makes you feel like they're still like missing at least another piece there. But in terms of like the actual concerns, it's, it's clearly the offense and generating and finishing those chances. And for this team, it's, you know, you're, you're second in the league in, in shots for 60 minutes at five on five play. So you're getting these chances, but. How much of them are, you know, either getting easily turned aside by a goaltender or really making that that defense work. I mean they're the Bruins are twenty third in the NHL in terms of high danger chances, despite getting those so many shots on net. So for the Bruins, it's not like a a major tweak or change in structure or what you do. It's all about just kind of simplifying and getting to that great A ice and, you know, getting chances and bearing them down low. Because you're you're seeing too much of, you know, shots that aren't leading to much that, a uh, you know, opposing team is, you know, easily corralling and sending the puck back the other way. I mean, you, you just look at this team and the fact that their expected goals is, I think, minus six. So pretty much just scoring six goals fewer than they expected in terms of how many chances they're generating, which I don't know. You look at how many one goal games the Bruins have been in this year. Those six goals could have helped out quite a bit. You know, you probably have what, at least maybe another four points in the standings if, few more of those goals go your way so again it's one of those things where you, you know you talk about it and people get very pissed about expected goals because you know it's like you know i feel like you know uh billy bean in that Moneyball scene where he's like <laughs> going through the free and people are like Who the, what the fuck is this like this is what it is with expected goals where i think some people view it as like an imaginary stat but you look at like the formula to to start generating them more offense it's not reinventing the wheel it's all about getting down low into grade A ice and generating those chances. And you've seen far too many kind of one and done plays for the Bruins in the O-zone, where whether it's struggling with entries or getting a shot through and, you know, not, you know, making much out of it, not generating a rebound, not getting a tip, all those things. Um, you need more of that from this team. And, you know, sometimes all it takes is just a, a greasy goal or a tip play or something just to get on the board and get rolling. And, and you go from there. So you look at the fact that the Bruins have so many guys who seem either snake bit with Pasternak or, you know, playing below their level with Felino or Hollow that it feels inevitable there, that, that offense is going to uptake at some point, but the Bruins can make it a lot easier for themselves if they just, you know, keep it simple and start getting those pucks through around great A ice a lot more.
0: Yeah. I mean, it feels like a lot of these games, the Bruins are not lacking in shots. But yeah. They're lacking in good scoring chances. It's been the case in almost every game. You know, you can go through the heat chart and, and all those things and, and it's and, you know, all these shots, but none and, from and the it's good al- areas.
1: And it's also ironic that like the few times where they have been outshot, they've like won those games. Like they got yes. woefully outshot like in Edmonton. I think they got outshot in Calgary and won both those Calgary's- games. So yeah, it's yeah. almost like maybe quality over quantity means a little bit more in terms of, you know, generating those chances.
0: Yes. Makes sense. Wild how that works. Uh, Anyways, those are our New Year's resolutions, guys. We expect to uh, break out in the second half. Uh, But another thing you should watch the second half is everything going on at BSJ. What can the people look forward to over at Boston Sports Journal?
1: Yeah, I think uh, going into the new year, we've obviously got – 56 games over the span of full months. So there'll be plenty of stuff to talk oh. about. We've got the eventual return of Tuka Rast. We've got the trade deadline coming up in a few months, which I'm sure there'll be plenty of talk there, regardless of where the Bruins are in the standings. It feels like they're always in play or rumored to be in play for multiple players. So we'll have all the breakdowns, uh, you know, analysis on rumors, all that good stuff, break, uh, you know, features, all that stuff over at BSJ uh, going into the new year. So subscribe to BostonSportsJournal.com. Want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93.
0: And the good thing is, you'll have analysis for when the Bruins eventually uh, trade for or sign John Michael Lyles and Lee Stepniak at the deadline. Oh, so yeah. People can look forward to that as well. Historical that's what context would be important.
1: That's like what the Bruins should do. Like, you know, like in the NBA with these like hardship exemptions, they're just bringing back like old players. Just bring back like Sean Thornton, Greg Zanon. Like, let's bring like yes. bring back a squad. Br-
0: Ryan Ralston. Hell yeah. Get the yeah. crew back together. Get the crew exactly. back together. I'm for it. But, anyways, yes, go do all of that. Uh, and that is Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You poke the bear, listeners. Have a great rest of your week and an awesome, happy new year.